Hello, and welcome to the Intentional Healing Podcast. This show will dive deep into the issues that disrupt the lives of BIPOC folk in urban communities. Because guess what? We understand that people from the hood need healing too. We can't always be hard. We just need to be intentional about our healing. I am your host, Veronica Clanton Higgins, and today we are going to talk about stepping into our power while being a girl from the hood with my day one, with my ace, with my girl, Lonnie Bennett. So we will discuss the complexities of existing outside other people's perceptions of women from Compton. So stay tuned because this conversation will be a mind-opening one. Okay, so today we're going to be diving deep with my girl, Lonnie. So Lonnie and I had a conversation a couple of weeks ago regarding being a woman from Compton and how whenever we talk to people or introduce ourselves and let them know where we're from, the stereotypes or the misconceptions or the perception that they have of us as women from the hub city. And so um, I'm going to let Lonnie chime in. But before we start with Lonnie, I always like to break the ice by asking people about themselves, right? Because we need to know what you do, what you like, what you love. All right. So, hey, Lonnie. Hey, my love. How are you? I am well, sis. How are you? Good, good, good. I'm so excited for you and your first episode of your podcast. I'm excited for us. Because guess what? (laughs) Melanin popping. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, Lonnie, to break the ice and to get you in your zen zone. All right. You ready? Mm -hmm. Okay, boo. What's your favorite color? My favorite color is red. But you know that already. (laughs) Uh-huh. <laughs> Red. Okay. All right. But what's your favorite song? You know what? So when I was preparing to come speak to you today and I got the what is your favorite song question, I thought about it. So I love music. Like, you know, I love music. And it's always hard for me to pick a favorite like within the arts, but especially music. Right. Right. So for years and years and years, when people ask me, like, what's my favorite song? I always tell them it's. Angel by Anita Baker mm. because I love that song, right? right? And that's been like my favorite song okay. since like high school. Okay. But I, I mean, I have a whole lot of other songs, right? So I was like, let me reflect on this. You know, sometimes you have to upgrade your favorite. You have Things to. Things have happened in life. Yeah. yeah. Right. right? So then I said, let me think about it. And so I asked my husband, I said, what's my favorite song? He just shook his head. He didn't even bother to answer me. He's like, I'm not getting sucked into that vortex. <laughs> so, so, so well, let me think about it, right? So I'm like, what songs? Like, I love a lot of things. But I'm like, what songs do I listen to all the time? Or what do I, what song gives me that zhuzh? You know what that, I mean? That yeah, what's, yeah. What's the song that I respond to the same way every time, right? Okay. And when I thought about it, uh-huh. I said, Oh my God, I can't believe that I hadn't upgraded this to my favorite song before. Okay. It's My Place by Tweet. What? That is a classic. My song. Is that one of those songs you're like, oh. You know what? Every when the beat drops, when it comes in, a chill from the top of my head every single time. And mm. I was like, why is it to the point where when I finally had the awakening, right? I had to put it on, like 
So now loud. after this, you're gonna have to get in your car and play Baby, the song. Listen. Okay. I listened to it last night. I listened to it this morning. <laughs> because I was like, is this the favorite? This is the favorite. I guess it's the favorite. It is. Well, you know what? I thought you were going to say something else because you know I know you and you know me and we know each other. Oh yeah, right? we do. Yes, we do. Okay. So remember that time I rolled up on you and we were playing the girl with the good knee song and I didn't even think you jumped right in on cue and you know her name is Meg. Listen, that's just black girl magic okay. that happened that day. You just have it. I pulled up, rolled the window down. You jumped in the Listen, car. Listen, I just cooperated accordingly. <laughs> You know, this is what we do. No instructions required. Listen. Absolutely not. Okay, so we got my place. Yeah. So, okay. What's your favorite movie? Coming to America. Easy. <laughs> Coming you, to America is Coming my America? favorite movie. Let me give you a little back on that. Go ahead. So, I went and saw Coming to America when it came out opening weekend. I was a kid. My right. dad took me to the Cinderella Drive-In <laughs> by Fox's Mall, right? <laughs> we saw it. When I got home, he uh-huh. brought me home. And I got home. My mother had in her possession by the time I got home. Okay. VHS. Already. Of coming to America. She got it from my uncle, who had a really good friend who worked in I costumes say she at must Paramount. I was somebody around the corner. Oh, no, yeah, no, no. Right, She's right. a costume designer for Paramount. Okay, gotcha. And you. she had an unedited what? cut of this movie. So when I see the movie, even to this day, you can't I remember memory. all of the extra jokes, yeah. all of the extra... And see, this is before DVD, so this was not like added value right. you could get on, you know... Like after the extra... The mo- like the extra no, 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 no. Yeah, 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 it's right. like they call it added value right. in home entertainment, right? So there's nothing like that, right? But I remember everything. And so when I watch <laughs> the movie, I always get to certain parts and I tell people, yo, on the original <laughs> one, <laughs> Eddie Murphy goes off right here. like, And so we still have the VHS... It's in my mom's possession, but my mother was the chick that was like renting videos and like dubbing them. You know, sorry, well, mom. you tell your mama all her good Statue business. Tell your mama all them good. We're sorry, we did not mean for her to Statue tell all your business, mama. Listen, it's Music but, Plus is no longer in business. Okay. So I want to come you, out tomorrow. That's because they was only charging a penny. But listen, but, uh, <laughs> but listen, no, no, no. We we had this thing. We would go. We would hit the warehouse. Uh-huh. We would hit Classic. Music Plus. Uh-huh. We would hit Tower. This was every Wednesday, every Thursday of my life. Uh-huh. Like she would pick me up from St. Albert and we'd be like on the Gonna road. And she would rent like anywhere from three to twelve movies. And get her double. Listen. She, she was had, a real dub. She was dubbing in her room. My <laughs> uncle, she bought my uncle two VCRs so he could dub in his room. He loved watching movies, so he was down <laughs> for it all the time. Right. He just watched the movies and they would just record movies so and then the next she, day she'd she take them plug, back. She was the plug for that man selling the them three for ten. Plug for remember the, the guy, neighborhood. No, remember that guy that sell it three for ten, the food for less price. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she listen, was the plug my for mother, that. my mother is the the grandmother okay. of that guy, okay? <laughs> <laughs> She's the one. <laughs> My mother's a legend. People would be like, and we what, appreciate what your you mom got for the entertainment week? value that you provided for the city oh, of yeah. Compton over the years. Listen, so, because those uh, movies back in the day were like two hundred dollars for those VHS. If you wanted to actually buy, buy them, it, right. ridiculous. Thank yeah. God for DVDs. Thank God. And you know DVDs. what? I had the unedited version of Soul Plane. And oh, so I when I saw the, the rag, ruckus. girl. <laughs> when I said when I saw the regular version. It just was not the same. It's just like, okay, back in the day, remember when um, rappers would make their underground tapes? Yeah. But then they would take some of that underground stuff, the freestyles, and mm-hmm. make it to a regular mm-hmm. song? Yes. DJ Quick did this Listen. fire, fire underground mix, right? And when you listen to it, you can hear Tonight, 
Locked Out Hood, all of it, right? So when I heard the album, I was like, ah, ain't this yeah, it don't yeah, hit the same. It happens. It don't hit the same. Okay. So you know me and you, we go back and forth all day. Okay. So last but not least, <laughs> what is your sign? I'm a Capricorn. Of course you all are. All day long, December okay. 30th. Uh, the right kind of cap. Uh, I don't know if Mr. Higgins would agree with that. Uh, listen, let, let me you tell you something. That. Capricorns are everything, okay? We end the year. We start the year. We are the alpha and No, the you're omega. not. Absolutely not. You always okay. want to start in the middle of the year because that's when things get good. Taurus mm-hmm. gang. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> what you know about them horns? Oh, okay. I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you too, sis. Okay, so now that we got you warm up, because you can't just drive a car without warming it up. Especially if you want a classic car. You got to warm it up, right? And we're classics, yes, okay? We so let's just dive in deep. The purpose of this podcast is just to touch on issues and concerns that we usually see from people who exist in our community, right? Our black and brown people. Um, so... When you and I were talking a couple of weeks ago and we were discussing how people see women, particularly black women from the city, we had concerns about what that looked like and what it was, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to start with my first question. When you think about your identity as a melanated black woman, goddess of the earth, right? Sun reflects off your skin, right? Just glowing. She's a queen <laughs> to be. Yes. <laughs> when you think about your identity as a black woman from Compton, from the hub, how would you describe yourself, especially considering how people automatically describe you once you say you are a black woman from the hub? That is a layered question. Let me think. Um, you know... For me, I've always been, let me see, how do how 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 do I frame this? Mm-hmm. So I'm I grew up in Compton. Right. You know, um, but my my experience was always within the city and like without the city. Okay. Um my father lived in Inglewood. So I always say I partially grew up both places because I had that flow between my parents' house, which was, you know, easy for me. I could always just pick up the phone, come get me, come right. get me, come back, get me either right. side. So I always had experiences um, outside of the city. I went to St. Albert. I went to Regina Chaley. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually I graduated from Inglewood High School. Um, having all of, all of that, you know, and Inglewood is not as much of a hood as it kind of carved out to be for a minute. Now it's moving towards gentrification land. It's called Iwood. Oh, is it Iwood? It's Iwood. That's what Issa Rae said. Go ahead. Oh, Lisa. Oh, Lisa. Um, (laughs) No, I love Lisa Rae. Um, I said Issa. For me. Oh, Issa Rae. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're... Okay, sorry. I went completely left with that. I'm sorry. Um, I love her too. Yes. Um... Back to the question, though. Um, For me, I've always been really, really, like, secure in who I am. And I think it has everything to do with the fact that I never fit whatever stereotype that was put out there, right? So I'm all things Compton, right? I'm everything Compton. I don't have an issue with that. I know the grimiest, you know, to the most successful. And I just never... 
I don't know. I think I think within the city, I'm fine. When I was a lot younger and I'd graduated from college and I was trying to get into the professional world and I always wanted to work in entertainment, I never had another goal. Right. And so m- me being who I am, it never occurred to me until I started applying mm-hmm. and until I started doing internships. Mm-hmm. Until I had to deal with the juxtaposition of Lanisha versus Lonnie, Lonnie. Mm-hmm. you know, and um, it wasn't until then that I really, that it was something that I really thought about. Mm-hmm. And then I felt my day to day, like I was kind of taking on the role of portraying my city well and, you know, making sure that I was, you know, squashing everyone's He's a pre- Compton representative. Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, and it wasn't that I was seeking out, like, trying to see, what do they think about me? What do they feel about me? It was never that. Because, right. you know, at the end of the day, Capricorn, I said that. So I didn't really care <clears> about <throat> that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it was more thinking about me wanting to move up in this industry and what are people going to think? I mean, I had a boss. Mm-mm-mm. I had this lady. She was an attorney. Okay. Um, she double majored at USC in both film and law, and she was type A, and she was a military background, and then she ended up going to NYU mm-hmm. for law school. And this lady, she saw me, and she saw any and everything she'd ever heard about black people, mm-hmm. people from Compton, mm-hmm. black women, like all wrapped up to everything. She put all her stereotypes everything. in one box. She and it was did, you. but she was very, you know, California PC. Okay. You know, and so she wasn't, she never really said, you know, I don't think you're capable of much. Mm. She would just hinder me in a lot of ways. So a lot she, of microaggressions mm-hmm. popping off. Oh, daily, okay. right? Daily. And because everyone else around me was so great and Mm -hmm. I wasn't picking up on that same vibe, I was able to deal with her. I know if there were like 30 more of her Mm -hmm. in that situation, there's no way I would have been able to sit through that. But it was a great experience for me. It's what needed to happen in order for me to move because I didn't work for her the whole time. Eventually, I was able to move on to another desk and work with other attorneys and it was a fabulous experience. It's still the best job I had um, right. working there. It was New Line Cinema. It's still hands down the best place I ever worked. Right. The best experience I ever had as an employee, mm-hmm. you know. But in dealing with that, it really gave, it, it It forced me to decide what I was going to do. Are you going to be you in these spaces mm-hmm. and just put forth what you're there for, which is whatever professional task you have, whatever you know, your goals are professionally, are you just going to take you or are you going to curb your enthusiasm, if you will? So you you were establishing your identity. Yeah. Like, was I going to assimilate, I Mm. guess is the word that I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, And I never really had to, because again, I was never the person they thought I was anyway. I was never, you know, in that stereotypical role that they wanted me to be in or thought I was in. And eventually, just me being me, right. they figured that out. Okay. So they adjusted they to adjusted who you to are me. as opposed to you co-switching or assimilating. Well, listen, there were some instances where I did have to co-switch. And my co-switch game is cold. It's fire. Oh, it's cold. Absolutely. Um, And I can do that. But it's more like code-switching to, to move forward forward the progress of whatever's happening in the moment. It was never about code switching for acceptance okay. or, 
this anything is like make that. Progress yes. within that moment. It was. It was. I. I saw it. I guess as speaking the language of those in the room mm-hmm. to, to communicate, mm-hmm. and then be done yeah, with that. Be done. Mm-hmm. It's just like if you're on the beach when you're on the sand, you're gonna make sure that you have your blanket and stuff. Period. When you get in the water, you are gonna make sure you paddle it. So it's the you tools are, for the environment. environment. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. So that's always interesting because. A lot of times, a lot of people, especially those that I meet who are from the city and they go into these other spaces, right? These other spaces, Mm -hmm. um, they find themselves making those type of decisions regarding their identity. Like, how am I going to show up, right? Mm -hmm. Am I going to show up and let them know not everybody from Compton is this way? Or am I just going to show up, be myself? Right. Right. And then make my moves accordingly. Mm-hmm. And so you showed up as yourself mm-hmm. and made your moves accordingly yeah. because you did not want to be defined by not only your blackness, but by your zip code. Right. And we already have to do that in a lot of spaces anyway. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't want a job within my job. I didn't want to be going there doing my actual job. And then this other job of trying to portray it's exhausting what makes them feel safe making them feel comfortable having you around right. yes. yeah no I was absolutely not going yeah. to do that because it's absolutely not your job mm-hmm. to make them feel mm-hmm. comfortable it's never not mm-hmm. and you know I'm more I'm more comfortable with that now mm-hmm. than I ever have been because I think on some small level we're like programmed to keep the peace within chaos and it's such a huge ask when you say we do you mean black people I or mean black women black People in okay. general, okay. we are always subconsciously towing that line, mm-hmm. making sure we don't step on toes. We don't make them feel, you know, <laughs> bad about whatever we're going Triggered, through, yeah. if that makes sense. It does. And when you think about that, it's enabling in a way. It's not something that we do because we're trying to do it, but we've enabled society at large to continue to view us the way they do, mm-hmm. to treat us the way that they mm-hmm. do, and to receive us the way that we do. We've been institutionalized we have been. and socialized mm-hmm. to behave that way, yeah. to be complicit in existing and surviving. Yeah. And so when we, when anyone tries to step outside of that, mm-hmm. they're looked at as a difficult person. Right. Mean. Oh, yeah. Aggressive. Aggressive. That's my favorite word. I say I'm assertive with a touch of jazz. Aggressive. It's like, really, you can say, well, A, B, C, D. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, she's being aggressive. Right. It's like, But did wow. you have to say it in that tone? Yeah, yeah. It's that. You know what I read? I, I, I read, actually, I listened to in the form of audiobook, mm-hmm. White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo. I have that in my Amazon cart it, as it, it speaks. Check out the okay. cart, okay? Check the cart. Go ahead and go to the next screen. Today. Okay, got you. It is... And this is a white woman who wrote this book. What's well, good? Yeah. Card pulling, blouse ripping, pearl shredding the oh. whole time. Okay. And it's what is needed. Listen, you won't listen to us tell you what it is. So listen, so to, listen someone to someone else. So listen to someone else who didn't quite get the same programming that you guys got right. or someone that was able to rise above that level of ignorance. Well, yeah, and I think that's probably what it is. She was able to... You know how you go through a healing process? Yes. 
and then the yes. lights are brighter and the colors mm-hmm. are brighter and mm-hmm. then you have those aha moments. Mm-hmm. So she was someone who had an aha moment. And she let it go. And she, uh, she shared paper. her aha moment with the rest of the population. It's phenomenal. Okay. It really is. She breaks it all down. I encourage your listeners, get that book, read it. Audible, however you want to get that I'm going to do an Audible because my eyes hurt from reading too much, but I do yeah. have it on my car. Yeah, I, I feel like car. I'm better with audio books because it allows me to multitask. Like, exactly. I never have the time you have to, to sit, sit down with a book. Like, like, oh, this oh, no. is what we doing? Okay. Can't slip, no. Uh, and then you lose your page or you get tired. Yeah, no, so, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. But we're not against books. We are we not love against books. reading. We're saying that if you have multiple tasks, sometimes it's great. To get a good audio book. Yes, it's 2020. Why not? Do what you got to do. Save paper, save trees. Save paper, save trees. All right. So, okay. Thank you for sharing that perspective because when we look at what healing looks like and being intentional about it, we have to also solidify what our identity is so that way we can move forward, right? Um, So what we're going to do is take a break. And after this break, we'll dive into the next section. All right. This episode of the Intentional Healing Podcast is sponsored by Color Compton, an organization intentionally working with Compton youth to build community among people of color through history and art. Check them out at www.colorcompton.org. Welcome back. Welcome back. So I hope you enjoyed that first segment where we were looking at uh, perceptions and how people um, view individuals um, from Compton. So Lonnie, thank you for sharing your truth. Um, If anyone knows Lonnie and I, we will go back and forth with conversation for hours. All day long. All day, every day. (laughs) Uh, But now we're going to go into the second session. And I call this part reclaiming your power. Okay. And so considering what we discussed previously, Mm -hmm. you know, when you were talking about your previous employer and things of that nature and how you are not going to be the representative for confidence, right? What I want to ask you is how do you keep yourself from giving your power away? Like, how do you keep yourself from snapping at people, going off, Doing the hand moving. Well, that's the Lord's work. I'll just say that. <laughs> um, Hallelujah. <it> <laughs> um, you know, it's it's um, it's come with some maturity. My filter's a lot tighter than it used to be. Um, I was never the you know the hand roll. I was never that girl. You know, I like words. I like the use of words. But you I, did used to use your head because you all cock that head like I this. mean, you know, that's just a reaction. <laughs> <laughs> that's me buffering at 70%. You see me do that. I'm really trying to collect the thoughts. That's all that is. But, you know, I guess different situations call for different things. But um, for me, um, me not giving my power away is me understanding my power. Mm. Um, also, knowing that once you give it away, it's no longer yours. Exactly. I had a civics teacher in high school and he is the first person that I can remember in my life to teach me about perspectives and the way you choose to react to things. Mm -hmm. And he said, the moment that you allow someone to get you out of your comfort zone by what they do, Mm -hmm. your strings on pieces of wood at that point. You're their puppet. Yeah. 
and you no longer have your power. You give it away, you lose ground. Right. And it didn't, you know, it wasn't something that I picked up at, at 16. It was like, great, mm-hmm. running this through life. No, it was not a something that really, really settled into me for like years, decades okay. later. I'll say in my 30s, mm-hmm. maybe, which is that age that you kind of look back at your 20s and you go, she was a mess. How did I survive Whew, all of my that? My gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it also helps you season those 30s because right. you don't, cease to run into those situations anymore. You just, you have the experience. You already know what happened when you mm-hmm. reacted the other way. Right. And so. Or you didn't react at all. Or you didn't react at all. Right. And so now for me, <laughs> I think being 42, being mm-hmm. in my Jackie Robinson year. This one right here. I think um, <laughs> I'm at the place where. It's like, uh, I see what you're doing there. You're trying I, to fuck oh, the yeah. You know? And so um, I try not to make it a game. I try not to make it a back and forth thing. Oh, absolutely I not. just get out of the moment and take the lesson. That's kind of where I'm at with it now. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of getting out of the moment, taking mm-hmm. the lesson. And trust me, I am tried a lot. Okay. And do you think you're tried a lot or do you think sometimes your perception of the individual, the situation, it just puts you on high alert? I think it could be both depending on the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, professionally, mm-hmm. um, I get more exercise and, you know, using restraint right. and 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 more um, opportunities to actually, you know, hone my power, if that makes sense. Because okay. every time someone comes at you that way and you find yourself in that space, right? If you take, if you go right mm-hmm. instead of going left, mm-hmm. most of the time you feel empowered after that. You do. And so when you just live in that moment for a second, mm-hmm. then you take that empowerment, you build on that, and then you take it into the next situation. Right. It becomes easier and easier to do. But how do you do that? Because a lot of people have different strategies and different techniques and yeah. um, retaining their power, right? And so when you're thinking about being in a situation um, professionally or personally, socially, however, Mm -hmm. right, and you see it and you feel it, right, what do you say to yourself in that moment to keep yourself from giving your power to that person who's trying to play with you? I remind myself Mm -hmm. that... I have the power to choose my reaction in that moment. Okay. So in my mind, it happens really fast. Right. But it's a, okay, hold on. It ha- It's like that. Like it's a, okay, wait. And then it's a quick assessment. Mm-hmm. It's like all these things going. You're like, I know they didn't just, did they just do Well, you know, you could just, you know, that kind of thing. But it's that. Honestly, it's not, it's not something major. It's not any steps. It's just about grounding yourself in that moment, realizing exactly what's happening. Because I think when you react emotionally, emotion is like the absence of like thought. Well, it literally actually is in your brain. Okay. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, if you think in that moment versus reacting, Mm -hmm. like sometimes all you need is space. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it takes three seconds to like really recognize the situation and go, okay. Right. Especially if it's familiar. Right. 
you know, and at this point in my life, it's all familiar. Like there's nothing brand new for the most part that you're dealing with. It may be a new person, a new environment. The mm-hmm. wording may be different. Right. But disrespect is disrespect. No matter how they put it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, miscommunication is miscommunication. Mm-hmm. Passive aggressive is passive aggressive. stand passive aggressive. Yeah, it drives Just me it. crazy. <laughs> oh. And so, but, but those three seconds. It's those three seconds. Yeah. Think overreacting. Mm -hmm. That's it. And that's good because a lot of times with people is that when you become emotionally charged, that part of your brain that handles reasoning, that stuff is shut down. Out the door. Out the door. Mm -hmm. So this is why they always tell people to calm themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's why I wanted to ask you, like, what do you do in that moment? And I like the fact that you you, you do have a process. Yeah. In your brain, you are playing out. Okay, did they do this? Should I do this? Oh, this is not about to happen. Let me... And then you respond. Right. But you had to work quickly. You probably had to work up to that, right? Oh, absolutely. That is not... Yeah, uh, You know, I didn't wake up like that. Yeah. Oh, you You know, I woke up like this. (laughs) No, I did not. Okay. I did not. And that's good because remember how you said as you've matured, right? Mm -hmm. And you've come into yourself. Right, your reactions have changed. Yeah, yes, and Absolutely. so, and I've known you for a long time. A long time, and I can see that your reactions have changed. Okay, right. We'll recognize the glow up then. I'll Let me tell you y'all something. Uh, Lonnie and I used to be part of PTO That's at, right. our, at our children's school. Ooh. Right, woo woo. We was ride or die <laughs> for them kids okay. and for them teachers. Thanks okay, for our kids. Okay, <laughs> and so. It got to one point, something happened, and I started start calling Lonnie PTO Gangsta. <laughs> and so I even had her name in my phone as PTO Gangsta. Right. Now I changed it to Lonnie Boo. So Aww. that shows your, you remember on, it's growth, mm-hmm. right? It's growth. It's growth. Mm-hmm. And so when I look at this beautiful queen right now, and when we have our conversations, I can see, right, that growth. And it's a beautiful thing because you've been intentional about your healing process and about your power. Mm-hmm. And not playing games with nobody who's trying to come up in your face. That's right. Right? That's Act right. up, you can get snatched up. Listen, but we're not it snatching. It still happen. We're not snatching. But we're growing. We're not snatching physically. We'll snatch you verbally. That's my favorite kind we'll of love. snatching. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's where I you live. You are the <laughs> that's professional <laughs> of the verbal snatchings, okay? Um, and so when we think about moving forward, right? And as you continue to just work on yourself and step outside your comfort zone, how do you feel like you've been intentional with your healing process, with your growth? Like, how have you been intentional about it? I think the thing I have the most control of outside of my reaction to things are my environment. Mm -hmm. And so environment's really, really important. Mm -hmm. And it's all of the spaces that you exist in. It's your home space, your workspace, your online space. Mm, Online, honey. Because that's important. I mean, it's funny that your online space is now like a legit space in everyone's life. Like if you're just functioning in 2020 and you're just, you know, out there amongst everyone else on planet earth, it's, it's another space. Right. And um, it can be a a destructive space, you know? And so you have to um, be careful with that. For me, I just I'm I'm I won't say I'm good at cutting people and things off 
But I've always been good at recognizing things that are not good for me and Mm -hmm. things that are just kind of clouding my space. I've never, I've always had that Mm -hmm. thing. Like I tell people all the time, I know a whole lot of people, but I only have a couple of friends. You know what I'm saying? I know a lot of people. Right. A lot of people. And I'm good with everybody that I know. But everybody don't know you. Everybody doesn't know me. Mm -hmm. That, that's, that's a whole word. Right. You know, and- and you know this to be true because sometimes people are in your space and they're good for certain things in your space. Right. And I don't want to sound like, you know, you use people for what you no, need them for. No, no, it's called for. compartmentalizing. Yeah. You, you know your relationship with that person, it's so you exactly go to them for that, that thing. It's yes. exactly that. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm intentional about that. Mm-hmm. Like, I recently started another Facebook page. I know. Okay. I made and, the cut. And I, I did that for several reasons, but... One of the main reasons was that what I didn't realize was that just the way that social media is set up, mm-hmm. um, I didn't choose that for me. Like, I didn't choose that environment, you know? I didn't... Think about pre-social media life, right? Before if, MySpace? Yeah, I'm talking about period. Okay. Remember when you actually had to physically speak to people to get to know them yeah, and you had true. to be in their space right. and right. you know the prehistoric days of communicating yeah with the three-way calls <laughs> yeah yes. like when you actually had to do that you could pick and choose who you wanted to talk to if you didn't want to have a conversation you walk away from it or right. whatever it is right but you could choose your physical being within that space you curated your friends yeah now if you allow yourself to be a part of this vast universe Mm -hmm. um, online, now you're exposed to people that you generally wouldn't be. If you read certain stories and everything has the comment section, so you're seeing comments from people that you never care about, would have known or, you know, you just, you don't know. You still don't know. Right. But what they put could affect you in a way. Like it could cause you to react. Something really simple. Somebody could say something and it doesn't fit with your you know, your viewpoint on politics or mm-hmm. whatever it is, mm-hmm. you're instantly moved and shifted in a way by that, right? right? And sometimes you would find yourself arguing with these people. Listen, I spent years arguing with people online. Yeah. In the initial years, mm-hmm. like, just feeling like, but this is me a long, you know, this is me oh, a now, very no, long I, time ago. We're Facebook friends. I've seen. Yes. I, I could go to see who you read for um, entertainment. So listen... <laughs> You have to think about what that does to you spiritually, spiritually, Mm -hmm. what it does to you mentally and subconsciously. Right. Because now you have this tension and why over six or seven strangers that you don't know that you wouldn't, you know, I say this all the time. You don't walk up to people on the street and just go off or just go, you know what? I don't, that does, you know, you don't do that. Right. In, in physical real life. Right. But it it has an effect on you. And so this is, I said all that to say, this is why I created the new page. Right. Because I wanted to be intentional about- And I was getting ready to say that. What I'm receiving, Mm -hmm. um, actively receiving and passively receiving. Right. You can scroll past something that you really don't read. Right. And it'll snapshot into your brain and you'll keep going, you'll think about it. Because I always say that's the unhealed parts of our spirit. Yeah. So when you feel triggered by something, what exactly- 
is it that you don't like? And why do you feel in that moment that you have to respond? Yeah. And I think a lot of times when we look at, and I'm glad that I'm, when you said you made the second page, I knew why you did it. But you, that's your healing. That's your growth. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times when we are, I always tell people if something hits you, it's either unhealed part of yourself or it reminds you of a part of yourself that you don't like. Mm. Right? And so when you think about people making comments on social media, first of all, and it hits you, it might hit you because that might be an unhealed part of yourself when it comes to racism, sexism, Mm -hmm. anything, because that's personal, Mm -hmm. right? Or it might be something they said, you're like, oh, that used to be the old me, and now I'm a different person, and now this person is reminding me of what I used to be, and I don't like it because I'm still working through that. Mm -hmm. And so you taking control reclaiming your power made you intentional about what you're healing and with your daily journey because social media is a daily thing yeah and yeah. you want to curate a space that is reflective of where you are currently mm-hmm. so I give you much kudos because I used to be all up and through I'm like I'm like okay you know what uh, I'm out you got so much better Vulcan. For the most part. And I'm still that person. Like, I still... Everyone has opinions, and I still have opinions and strong opinions on everything. But my opinions don't belong to everybody else. Mm -hmm. And they're not everyone else's to control, deal with, process. All of those things, you know? Right. And if I do put my opinion of something out there, generally, depending on the space or, or, you know, situation, I try to do it with the intent of helping in some way or informing in some way, I try to refrain from um, shaming people or, you know, or like you said, putting your own damage in the forefront of what you're saying as opposed to just responding to the thing and not allowing whatever your emotion is or whatever your past is to kind of, you know, push you in the direction of of projecting that onto other and people. And that's exactly what people on social media are doing. They're Absolutely. projecting. Mm-hmm. And and I'm so happy to hear you say that because, you know, I'm the queen of block, unfollow. <laughs> you already know. Uh, you said, oh, you got one good time. Okay. It was nice knowing uh-huh. you because I feel like you're right. It does trigger us emotionally and spiritually. This is my thing. Like I tell my children, you have the right to feel whatever you want to feel. Mm-hmm. Right. I also feel like you have the right to post wherever you want to post. But in those moments, how I respond is up to me. Yeah. So if I don't like it, I could either unfriend you, report you to Instagram, or, you know. <laughs> you running the reporters, huh? I never. If it's a racist or sexist, you know what? I have a backup page. It depends. That, that nobody know about. And y'all would never figure out it's me. But I would go in and I would report people. And I will do because certain things I feel like is toxic. So if I see the same toxic stuff, I will report it. I don't care. I'm a snitch because guess what? <laughs> I don't want to see that. And so. But let me ask you. Go ahead. Boo. Let me ask you. Ask me, boo. Is that you mm-hmm. dealing with something with you? It is. Okay. Cause I, this is how I process, right? When I When something hits me. I always, I, and I always pick, my kids know this by now because they see me doing this. I talk out loud. Okay, what about this bothered me? I do this because I have to have this conversation yeah, no, that's with me. A good strategy. Right. Yeah. So, what is it about this? But I don't like it because I feel like it's perpetuating this ideal, right? But then I also ask myself, is this hurting you in this moment or is this affecting your day to day? Right. 
If it's that a part. no, then I just keep scrolling. But if I feel like it's something that can incite other people, I go to my secret page. And get it in. And I report it. Dun, 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 because I'm like, am I, I'm thinking about ripple effect. Right. I'm thinking about ripple effect. So I always have to ask, is this me? Because some, I feel people have a right to vote for whoever they want to vote for. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They have the right to marry whoever they want to marry. Mm-hmm. Right? But is it certain, is that certain, and I don't report a lot of people. You have to really do something just horrible for me to report you. So you saying that wasn't you that reported me calling out that lady on the airplane that time? That wasn't you? No. Why okay. would I do that? Continue. I would have texted you, but like, girl, what else happened? <laughs> Absolutely not. Cause I could call you and be like, oh, yeah. "Yeah, so let's talk about what you just posted." Um, but no, my thing is ripple effect, right? When yes. you're intentional about your healing, you are being intentional about what goes out, right? And so it's absolutely important that we do that. Cause even with my son on his social media, mm-hmm. I'm real quick to inbox him. Um, yeah, we're gonna take this down. Mm-hmm. No, that no, that's your right as a parent, right? You, you but I'm also teaching him that. to be a responsible, yeah individual so that way um because he's gonna be somebody's partner somebody's um business partner somebody's spouse if he chooses to get married right right so i'm responsible for curating that young black man that's right and his future spouse thanks you that's if he chooses to get married. Oh, oh, well, you know. It's his choice. What he does with his body is his thing. Well, you're right about that. A- absolutely. Just make sure you do the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> you know I love to sing. I'm about do the right thing. Remember that song? You, you got, got to, to do, do the, the right thing. thing. <laughs> Don't make me start housing at the table, okay? I was there in the nineties, uh, live see, in living color. This is what I'm talking about. If you was in here, you would see we both start vibing at the same time. We, so do, we do this a lot. Okay, so boo, my boo, my Lonnie Boo. Yes, love. AK former PTO gangster. Right? <laughs> do you have any closing remarks for our listeners? Um, I would like your listeners to listen to me as I congratulate you on episode one. Of your podcast. I am so proud of you. Absolutely proud of you. I don't know where you found the additional 17 hours in your day. (laughs) You keep finding extra hours to accomplish all of these things. And I just want to be down. Okay. Can I get an hour and a half? That's all I need. (laughs) No, but I I love you so much. I love you too. I'm so grateful for you in my life. And I just appreciate everything about you. And you know, I love that. We don't want to get no fines. Uh-uh. We did good. We did not use any profanity. And it's been the Lord's work because I've intentionally <laughs> been restraining myself. Because you know, we there be dropping up. There are a yeah, couple times time. where. And I'll be looking at Mark for reassurance. I'm like, look, I don't want to get no fines. I'm looking look at Mark. Over too. Uh, yeah, thank you, Lonnie. Yeah. You You're know, I love you on my A1 and my day one. Yeah. Um, and you are always welcome back. And then when you start your podcast, you just invite me on as a guest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll think about that. Okay. Yeah. Do Sounds the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that is it. Thank you, Lonnie. You're welcome, love. <laughs> this episode of the Intentional Healing Podcast is sponsored by Dragonfly Designs. Get arted by Dragonfly Designs as they take you from amateur to professional with their guided instruction. Host an in-home or virtual paint party with your family and friends. Book your party today by visiting www.dragonflydesigns.com. That's www.d-r-a-g-u-n. 
F-L-I-D-E-S-I-G-N-Z.com. Thanks for sharing space with us today. Remember, your words have power. Use them to heal, not to harm. Until next time, boo things, stay prosperous.